When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, code word PHNX. You put in $5, you know what? You win that on an NFL game, you get $200 in free plays. Joined by John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. Everybody hop on in here. Uh, we got the comments section up, locked and loaded. Schuster, uh, I thought the commentator, because I made it back for about uh, most of the fourth quarter, and I thought the commentator made a point that I don't really agree with. Okay, what was that? You said in college football, there's no moral victories. This game to me was very much a moral victory. This to me was Arizona headed in the right direction. Okay, that that seems uh, fair enough. It was a very spirited effort at the very least. I think to some degree it was a lot of uh, what we have seen throughout the course of this year. Arizona plays competitively for as long as it can and uh, ultimately fades late. And I think the eight-minute, 15-play drive that uh, covered 75 yards is indicative of where Arizona's talent level is at this stage. Uh, And maybe there was uh, a little bit more spirit and things were a little bit closer because of the blocked punt, which is the type of play, you know, the type of special play that bad teams have to make, you know, to get back to, to keep games close and try to garner some sort of momentum. If Arizona made one jump, in the course of the year versus what we saw against BYU, what we saw against Oregon, what we saw against UCLA, games where Arizona was competitive for 35, 40 minutes, uh, right. and then things drifted away. This one may have been a little bit different if they hadn't to block the punt. Uh, but right. they did block the punt, and it gave them an opportunity to keep this thing really close and have a chance to maybe pull off a p- pretty remarkable upset. But yes, generally speaking, you have to be pleased with the spirited aspect that Arizona played, and it gets us back to where we've known all the time. And look, this is one of those games, and I guess, Mike, this is to some degree a lot of all you can ask. When this is the talent that you have, maximize the talent that is there, and if you can do that, as Arizona did today, then you're in a situation where you feel good moving forward. And that's, to me, all that I really care about. Now, listen, you and I talked about a lot this week about how Arizona going into this game, um, I didn't I didn't think that they'd be able to cover this spread. I think the spread was 23 and a half, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I thought that this game would get out of hand and would get out of hand early. But to me, it was a little bit different, mainly because I never really felt Arizona was going to win this game. 
But I also never really felt like Utah was about to run away with it either. And to me, that's progress. Like, and you you correctly bring up the punt for for sure. That might skew things a little bit. But you know, Arizona's been on the wrong end of that stuff a lot of times in the past. Just to me, this was something where I look at it and I say to myself, this is probably the best team in the Pac-12 South, Utah. I mean, we saw last week what they did to Stanford where we're just going to run the ball 487 times and pretty much succeed at it. This, to me, though, was a team in Arizona that really was able to not, not lose contact here with a team that I think was far superior from a talent perspective, Shu. Yeah, I think another thing to keep in mind here is that Utah had some really badly timed penalties and some really dumb penalties as well for for whatever a little bit too over aggressive and I don't know if this comes back to one of those things where you know uh you're in one of those situations where you've just got some animosity that doesn't make sense against a certain team and it right. feels like Utah has some of that aggressive animosity toward Arizona I don't understand it but it seems to exist there seems to be an underlying subtext there but nevertheless because of that I thought I think to some degree like you do that and and piling on with what Utah has uh, did to Stanford the week before, that there was a chance that they would come into Tucson and absolutely dominate this game. And Arizona did a good job making sure that didn't happen. Offensively, they did some really good things early on a couple early drives, which I think caught Utah off guard. That's certainly good news uh, once they get better talent in here. And they stood toe-to-toe for as long as they could, even though, you know, they were uh, undermanned. I think Utah conversely feels fortunate to get out of Arizona, basically sealing the deal as far as the Pac-12 South is concerned, looking ahead for what for them is probably a preview of the conference title game and what may be an indicator of how confident they are heading into that conference title game when they face off with Oregon next week. All right, so let's get to some of the comments right here. They're already coming in. First, Anthony Humbert says, I'm starting to lean towards Fish being a a good play caller. He just needs more talent for the system. To me, I don't really know if Fish is a good play caller or not. Um, There's certainly with different quarterbacks, there's been a little bit of a different uh, uh, tenor. The horizontal passing game that we talked about a lot with Gunnar Cruz isn't necessarily there with Will Plummer, although it certainly is to a certain extent. But this is still a – I just don't know because when you watch this team, there's just – I'll just be honest here. It's a team that doesn't have much talent. I mean, it's, it's really that way. So if you're – and this is kind of to Anthony's point, if you – I don't know that we'll know what kind of coach – uh, play caller Jed Fish is until he gets talent in there to be able to fit that system shoe. Uh, Mike, fit off the top of your head, come up with somebody who you believe is a really good offensive-minded play caller. Pick anybody. Lane Kiffin. All right, let's go with Lane Kiffin. Would Lane Kiffin be more successful with this Arizona roster in terms of play calling, or do you just not know? I don't know, but I doubt it. And if he was, I think it would be marginal at best. There's just not much talent out there. If it's marginal at best, then Anthony's point might have some validity. And you can understand why you're leaning in that direction. And to your point as well, it's, you know, the proverbial jury's still out here. You just don't know how good a play caller he is. You feel like there's some – one of the things that I like, I think he's a really good clock manager. And Mm -hmm. that's one of those small things on the surface – but it gives you an indication that there's a willingness to recognize how modern football tenants work. 
And, uh, you know, if that works into the equation that, you know, maybe he will have an opportunity to be a better play caller once Arizona is able to get better talent in here. And assuming Fish can rec- and his staff can recruit that talent, uh, then, you know, Anthony, we're going to find out. Speaking of being able to bring in better talent, why don't we add Anthony Jamino to the stream as well? How about that for Hey, Anthony, can you move your computer just a little bit so the sun isn't staring right at me? There you go. Is that better? Well, that, that's fantastic. Anthony, you look great. By the way, and, that and means... Yeah, hey, yeah, uh, audio's okay. A little bit distant, mm-hmm. uh, but 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 okay, Anthony. When you had the star, uh, the sun in the background, we know that the sun is a star. You're in the frame as well. That's two stars in one frame, which makes up a heck of a lot better than uh, Shu and Mike. So thanks for uh, improving the quota just a little bit. And now there's three, three stars yeah. on the screen, and right. it looks like it looks like a beautiful day. It's lovely out here. All right, so Anthony, we were talking a little bit, and you know what? I'll get in the uh, – just a reminder, um, my DraftKings pick was the Air- Utah to cover against Arizona. That obviously did not work out. Um, Anthony and, also agreed And that was my it. pick? Yeah. It was also your pick. Oh, trust me. I was about to roast you as well on that. But you know what? The cool thing about DraftKings is they give you the freedom to be able to do what you want with your money, and it's easy to navigate. I had no problem finding it. I also like the under. Not really sure how that worked out either, but it's still a good time. Here's what you got to remember, though, too. DraftKings Sportsbook app is where you get everything. 21 and up, Arizona only, gambling problem 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. All right, AG. We were just, as we just talked about, we were uh, both wrong on our DraftKings pick of the week. But Schuster and I were talking about it, and I wanted to get your take. I I hear the saying that, you know what, there's no moral victories in football. To me, this is a moral victory. I'm more than okay with what I saw from the Arizona Wildcats out there. Yeah, so does Arizona lead the country in moral victories? I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, that's got, probably a fair point. I mean, the, the, uh, in retrospect, the NAU and the Colorado games don't make any sense because Arizona's right. been competitive with everybody. And this is a very right. physical Utah team. They, they sat their leading rusher, but that doesn't matter because they had two other 100-yard rushers last week against Stanford. And you look at the two most physical – Two best, most physical teams in the league, Oregon and Utah. And Arizona wasn't outclassed by either one of those. Right. So I guess we'll, we'll take comfort in that. Yeah, and th- that to me, that to me is really what you're getting at because Schuster's been following, uh, you know, Utah pretty closely throughout the season. And uh, I think we were kind of all in the same – and that's not a slight. Um, I think we were all looking at it and I think thinking to ourselves – I just don't know how Arizona is going to be able to stop that run game, shoe. And you and I talked about it quite a bit this entire week. And again, Utah was able to get theirs, but Arizona made them work. I think a lot more than people might have thought. At least, yeah, from, at least from my perspective, and probably a lot more than Utah ultimately uh, felt as well. But I think Utah probably came in here with a fairly simple game plan and uh, uh, hoped that it could implement uh, that approach similar to what it did against Stanford and. Uh, the Stanford game was one of those, maybe it was, I'm not going to say it was Utah outlier. Utah's beat up some other teams too. Uh, and at times really gets on rolls and does some really good jobs. Uh, but, uh, 
yeah, it, it wasn't that way at all. This was a lot more physical game and a lot more competitive game, as Anthony noted, than I think folks anticipated. There's an interesting, let's play a little semantics here on the quote-unquote moral victory, if you don't mind. Okay. Uh, while there isn't any such thing as moral victories, when you're a rebuilding program that has some problems, what you're trying to look for is the level of competitiveness from game to game to game. For instance, if you lose a bunch of close games, that's not necessarily a bad thing when you're rebuilding because if you put a couple pieces into place and you believe in the system, now you're close to turning the corner a little bit and getting some of these Ws. So what you're hoping for here is that this, if you want to put the term moral victory aside, fine. But what you're looking at is that you're hoping that Arizona is a building block football team that can gain a little bit of confidence here and there. And as it works its way into next season, some of these games where they're competitive, they've got some better players, they know what the system is, and they can turn things around here and there. As part of a process that we think is going to be long-term, maybe they can jumpstart things a little quicker as a result of performances like today. All right, Christopher Ross, I think, has a pretty good point here. He says, speaking of offensive play calling, does uh, Jed call too many trick plays? The two-point conversion attempt was a poor call, in my opinion. And, you know, that to me is an interesting question because all the trick plays that Arizona does seem to run generally don't work. Um, you had the flea flicker, or excuse me, the reverse early in the first half where Arizona ends up getting sacked and taken taken aback the two-point conversion one I thought was a little curious as well what's your take what's your take on that there Shu? how much of their actual play calling do you look at and say boy that's going to turn things on its head and Arizona's going to get into the end zone the cats in two games this year have scored more than 20 points so right. I understand why it is they're doing it so you know maybe they're if they're not gifted I, I get what the philosophy is you're trying to mix things up. You're trying to get things out of people out of position and see if you can gain make some big yardage plays somewhere along the line. Because the reality is that Arizona has one player who can separate from anybody, generally speaking, vertically. Uh, and if that's all you have, you're limited in what you can do. So what happens is that I think Arizona is trying to score bigger plays to get into the end zone because every you can move the clock. They can move the ball a little bit. They can move the chains a few times, but inevitably. Once you get inside the 20 and the field shrinks, Arizona doesn't have the personnel to score. How many field goals did they settle for today? That could have been the difference right. between, right. you know, what the final score was and maybe pulling off an upset. So I get why you're trying to outsmart yourself sometimes because Arizona, I think, and now we're, you know, so deep into the season, maybe it doesn't matter so much. But this year's Arizona team needed to score on big plays. Because right. once they got inside the red zone, they just bottled down, I think, for a variety. I think the field shrinking and their inability to have players who can separate ultimately work against them. It's good. You start your drive at the 25, you get down to the 20, you string some uh, you know, first downs together, and now the field's shorter and your personnel aren't able to get you into the end zone. Uh, so it's better for a team like Arizona to try to score from about midfield a little bit for try to quick hit something because obviously inside the red zone, they just aren't effective and haven't been all year. Right. So let's, Jesus makes an interesting point right here. He says the number one uh, priority is getting another uh, top two QBs as you can in recruiting and transfer. That to me is, uh, that is part of the solution to me, but uh, Schuster, I think you also hit the nail on the head where you talked about, you watch these, you watch this team out there. 
and there's not a ton of separation amongst these wide receivers. Stan Berryhill's very good. We know that. But, you know, Stan Berryhill, a lot of this time is relying on, you know, a lot of a lot of quick hits, a lot of, you know, plays like that. There aren't really, from the receiver unit so far that we've seen, there's not a lot of explosive plays. And uh, why don't we see if Anthony Gimino, who, if he can unmute his mic, why don't we see what Anthony thinks about that? What do you think, AJ? Yeah. Well, I was deliberately muted just so there's some wind up here. I didn't want right. the wind interference. So I moved a little bit closer to the uh, press box. So okay, yeah, you're good. We'll cut out. So what, were, what was your question, Mike? Basically, um, we are just got a comment from uh, Jesus VAZ where he says, number one priority is getting another a couple QBs that can play. And I think that that obviously is part of it. But I think Schuster also made a good point, too, that – You've got to have you've got to have wide receivers out there that are able to make separation, that are able to get things going. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning towards uh, Schuster there with the the comment. There's there's just there's one playmaker on this team right now, and obviously right. that's you know. Um, so I guess the quarterback you've got McLeod coming back, you've got Fafita coming in. You know we expect Gunnar Cruz to transfer. We'll see what Plummer does. Who are you going to bring in? Who are you going to bring in, Mike? You, you know, Adrian Martinez. That'd be a pass. That'd be a hard pass. Right. <laughs> so, Adrian but, Martinez. But you know, come on. We we've somewhat jokingly, and maybe fans have somewhat jokingly talked about, hey, let's bring in Spencer Rattler. Come on, man. He's not coming here. You know, right. uh, with some guys coming back, I think it's really hard to bring in a. Uh, a guy who's, you know, a four-star kid with one year to play who's going to be good. So I think maybe you bring in some depth, but I think you're kind of looking at McLeod and Plummer and Fafita if they're all, you know, if they all arrive on campus. Well, I think part of the issue here, Mike and, and, and Anthony, is that you're in this chicken and the egg dilemma with the early stages of recruiting. Fish has to be able to convince people that he can develop quarterbacks well and then once he convinces people that you can, he can develop quarterbacks well, then he's got a better shot at recruiting better quarterbacks. And then when he recruits better quarterbacks, Arizona has a be, has an opportunity to be better offensively. So right now he's in a position where you got one guy coming in, you got McLeod coming back, uh, and you hope I think next year that one of those two can exceed expectations. And if they do so, then it makes it easier for Fish to go on the road to some people and say, "Look, you know, I'm." Right now, at Arizona, forget what I did in the past. And, of course, he's going to bring up, I, I coached this guy, and I was around this guy, and the other guy, and the fourth guy, and the fifth guy, and you know those names, and blah, 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 blah. But in the here and now, this guy wasn't terribly recruited. And he's making some good plays, and we're working up the ladder here. The offense is getting better. That's, I think, the next step that's going to have to happen. I, w- I would be surprised if a great quarterback came to Arizona just on mm-hmm. the merits of what Fish ultimately tried to recruit them on because – you're a one-win football team that still doesn't have a whole hell of a lot of talent around you. So, you, you know, what you have to do is show that you're good with what you have before you can get better, I think. Yeah. All right. And so, it's, a, it's a lot right. easier to find two to three to four pretty good, ready-to-play receivers than a quarterback. I mean, there's going to be 250 receivers in the transfer portal. Right. Go, go identify a couple who could come in and play. That's not – that's not super hard. 
Well, let me ask you this then. All right, so we got some questions, and I think that uh, Yavapai Duke made him. Guys, got a bunch of great comments coming in. We're going to try to get to all of them. Um, Yavapai Duke makes the point where he says, "Well, what about Chubba Purdy from uh, uh, Florida State? Or excuse me, Florida State? Is that a guy, Anthony? You've watched him obviously more than Anth- or excuse me, more than uh, Schuster and I have. Is that a guy that's maybe a little bit more realistic than Rattler? I would suspect you have seen him more than I have." All right. Well, I was trying to give you credit, not me. I mean, you, you're the one who follows recruiting. He hasn't played right. all that much. Correct. Um, but yeah, that was that was a much more interesting name when he popped up in the uh, portal a couple weeks ago than than Rattler. That was much more realistic in my mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now let me ask you guys both this: and Schuster, Jamino, you both, Jamino, uh, Ag, you've seen <laughs> better than Tony. You've seen you've seen, you've seen uh, enough of Jordan McLeod. If let's just say that I tell you next year that Arizona goes in with Jordan McLeod as a junior starter and Noah Fafita as your backup quarterback, maybe Will Plummer still on the team. Is what is that team's upside? And are you is that the best that you can maybe hope for at this point? Yeah, I don't know if we've seen enough of Jordan McLeod to be honest. We've right. seen what a game a game and a half. And, right. And and one of those games we thought he was good, but he also threw five interceptions. So, you know, I still, I still want to see a little bit more of, of him, but I think the, uh, the returns were fairly positive compared to what we had seen before. I mean, the Will Plummer of today probably playing, you know, whatever, 80%. He was playing a little bit hurt. Um, didn't make the big mistake that he was making earlier. That was, that was a positive from today. No turnovers from the Cats. Um, and then you got the freshman. I think that's kind of – the right balance. You've got the uh, the veteran guy who's probably going to be your starter, McLeod. You've got the young kid coming in who's who might be your future, and you got Plummer, a guy you know you can put in and play and compete with. Right. That's not bad. Like I said, I'm not sure you're going to bring in uh, somebody else who's going to either want to sit or you know be good enough. Let me I, ask, think that, I think that guy who's good enough is probably going to go somewhere else. Let me ask you guys this, and you guys followed this era very closely. Is Will Plummer, can he kind of, for lack of a better term, can he kind of be your Brady Batten where he's probably not really a starter, but he's always kind of a capable reserve in the bullpen? Yeah, I think you always need one of those guys because you never know when you're going to use him. Like this year, you ended this up year? Having, to, having to use him and use him a lot. So, right. uh, you know, those guys are really very valuable in this day and age because not everybody has them. Either you've got that, that one guy who's really good, who's probably a veteran, and then all of your younger guys transfer. So you're always in a state of inexperience. Right. So if he, com- if he comes back, I'd feel, I'd feel pretty decently about that quarterback room as constructed. Okay. So one other thing that I feel pretty decent about is DraftKings. Now, we've talked about it. Throw down $5 on an NFL game, you get $200 in free plays. All right, uh, on an NFL game, and if you win it, DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Now, Schuster, you've been dabbling a little bit in the scene. You got any uh, You got any good plays coming up here? Um, oh, boy, what do I have in terms of good plays? I didn't like it. don't a, you have? Uh, well, I, I did all right with Michigan today, so I'm not bad. That that was a little uh, strenuous uh, for a while, but uh, that worked itself out 
relatively well in the end. And, and that, that wasn't so bad. I've got to check my parlays. I think I may have missed. Uh, I'm certain I missed on something in regards to uh, taking Arizona and the under. So that's going to probably clobber me a little bit. Had a good night last night. Had a couple basketball teams. Uh, went with Kansas and, and some team you might have heard of. Uh, something called the University of Arizona. Uh, under uh, some Tommy coach Floyd. name, Tommy, uh, Tommy, Tommy Law. I don't think he's Andy Taylor's barber. I think this guy's Tommy Lloyd. Uh, and uh, he seems to be willing to uh, have Arizona score. Keep an eye on that in regards to Arizona games. You might be able to get ahead of the curve a little bit before Vegas figures out that Arizona can score a lot of points on the basketball side. Still a few interesting games uh, going on tonight and uh, from, uh, uh, from both sports. And right. uh, we'll find out. I'm basketball wise. I have an inkling that maybe I'm going to put something down on Gonzaga, but uh, we'll see if I uh, we'll see if I get around to pulling the trigger on that. And of course, there's a lot of NFL tomorrow. What do you got, AG? You got anything in the hopper? Or if you don't have anything in the hopper, but you wanted to advise somebody to go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. You're the college football guru. Anything out there this evening that you know? kind of scratch, scratches your attention a little bit? The, the one game that another under that caught my attention was Arkansas-LSU. It's at 59. And LSU, other than the outburst they had a couple weeks ago, they've been scoring in the teens. Arkansas has got a good defense, not much offense. So I really thought that under was very enticing. But I also thought the same thing about Arizona-Utah. So keep that in mind if you want to bet with me or if you want to fade me on that one. <laughs> All right. Guys, in college football, you always hear the phrase that it's kind of, you know, it, it matters what happens in the trenches. And I think that you could make a good case. That's why the SEC over the past 20 years has really been able to dominate college football. You look at the offensive and defensive line, there's a stat out there that, you know, the SEC – as far as first round picks amongst offensive and defensive linemen is responsible for like 65% of all first round picks. It's crazy stat like that. The one thing I got to give Arizona and Jed fish. And I think to a bit larger extent, Don Brown is that defensively, this doesn't feel like a unit. This doesn't feel like a group of guys that have gotten pushed around this season. Now, again, they've been outclassed, but I look at them and it doesn't at least from a defensive perspective, guys, and shoe, it doesn't feel to me like the defense doesn't belong out on the field, which I think is kind of a far cry from what we've seen in recent years. Anthony, do you get the feeling a little bit of this is micro perspective versus macro uh, macro uh, perspective? And what I mean by that is nationally, if you look at Arizona's final scores, they gave up in the 40s to Oregon. They got rolled by Colorado. They gave up 39 today. A couple other games in there that were in the 30s and the 40s. And you look at that number, it's like, what are you guys talking about? That's Those aren't very good defensively at all. But then when you're a little bit closer to it, you see what Don Brown's trying to do and what the talent is that he has available. And maybe you do feel a little bit better about the future. Yeah, I mean, the good news is they really haven't been pushed around all that much. I mean, this was a Utah team that ran for 441 yards last week against Stanford. Today it's like 164, and they, yeah, they had some the runs they needed to on that last drive. But again, for a large part, Arizona has not been pushed around. That's good. Uh, bad is they are they do not come up with any turnovers. Right. And and that you know when when you're a team, 
you're outclassed or trying to punch above your weight class, you got to get some turnovers. And they, they don't do that very well. But the tackles for loss are up. The sacks are up. And that's a, pretty much a credit to Don Brown and his scheme. Um, they got burned repeatedly today on blitzes when Utah dialed up some screen passes. But that's what you got to do. You got to take some chances when you're Don Brown in Arizona. And that's what they that's what they did. But I think some of those things, I think the most important thing is they're not they're just not being out physical up front. Right. Right. So and that's that's the building block of it all. Anthony, um, I, I got a I got a question here. I got a DM got, from somebody. I, I got to move inside. They're trying to lock this patio. <laughs> well, all right. Well, all right. We don't, we don't want you to take the quicker route out. <laughs> so um, I'll right. see you guys later. I think. All Sounds right. Good. Thanks. Thanks for hopping in, AG. We appreciate you, buddy. All right. Bye. All right. All right, Schuster. It's you and me. It's you and me again. The uh, the uh, uh, handsomeness factor has just gone down. I guess with just yeah. us two yeah. here. So. Um, but I thought he hit on an interesting point, though. And it was weird with when Rich Rod was here. It was, and again, I'm I'm a Rich Rod guy. Anybody that's you know followed me over the years knows that I I think Rich Rod was pretty good for the U of A. But it was weird because on the offensive side of the ball, I always felt that Arizona was going to score points. On the defensive side of the ball, I always felt that Arizona was generally going to be outclassed. You know, I mean, it, it, which led to a lot of 48-38 or 48-38 games, Arizona on both sides of them. It's just kind of weird seeing a first-year coach here that inherited a a program that is probably the worst in college football and just not seeing the defense and seeing actually a defense that we probably seen that's been better than anything Arizona's thrown out there in the last five, six, seven years. Anthony touched on a couple good things that I think are uh, really interesting there uh, that the not being physically dominated aspect in every instance is something where, you know, Arizona's done a reasonable job this year. Also, the blitzing schemes, I think, have been largely effective, uh, but they haven't led to the huge – they haven't – I expected Arizona needed to be or was going to be a little bit more feast or famine this year. They were mm -hmm. going to give up huge plays because they were going to get burned on the blitz, and they were going to force turnovers and hopefully get short field possession opportunities that they could take advantage of. Well, neither of those have really happened. And so – they're getting the tackles for losses, which is nice because the blitz schemes are good and they're catching the opposition off guard, but they aren't forcing turnovers, which is completely baffling. And right. you'd think some of that might happen in this regard. They're also blitzing, which puts them in bad positions. And at key points this year, we've seen that work against them. But it hasn't been as debilitating as maybe we anticipated even that being. So it's been sort of a good scheme team that scouts the opposition pretty well and holds its own for as long as it can. Yeah. And I don't know that you can really do any more with it. Now, my question is this before we sign off. And again, great thing about here, AZ Wildcats podcast. Check it out. We got our guy, John Schuster, Tony Gimino, myself, um, you know, this coming week, we got the voice of the uh, uh, women's basketball team, Brody Dryden, who's doing a great job. Uh, Matt, Matt Muehlbach coming on this week. John Schuster is going to be on the postgame show for uh, obviously for college basketball. Here's my question for you, Shoe. You got Washington State, you got Arizona coming or Washington State and Arizona State coming up. 
I don't know which game Arizona is going to get, but I feel very comfortable that Arizona is going to end with two wins this season. You think Arizona is going to win one of these next two games? I do. Why? Um, because I think right now, I think ASU has given up. I think that there's an excellent chance that they just throw in the towel there. I'm not oh, as convinced. Yeah. That, I'm not as convinced that's true, and we're going to find out a lot. Of, uh, I think we're going to get a lot more of inf- uh, information on that before the day is out. Remember, they were very impressive last week once they got their running back back mm-hmm. into the fold, uh, and he was out for the games that they lost and the games that they looked bad. And we may have misinterpreted that a little bit. You could be right. Un- and didn't understand necessarily how important that one player was for the overall flow of their offense. Uh, so, but if they struggle significantly today, maybe that leans in your direction. Again, it's a rivalry game. You never know. Uh, so, I'm well. You're very skeptical. Game. I know John yeah, Schuster. Yeah, well. I'm, I'm, I know John yeah. Schuster well enough that when John yes. Schuster, when John Schuster, I'll tell when you I'm something. He- I hedge. When I hedge, you know, you know that there might no, no, be a reason. Boom. No, that not where I'm going. Here's where, you know, when John Schuster answers a proclamation with a question, you 100% know where John Schuster is going to land on this. So John Schuster is saying 0-2 to end the season. I think it's more likely what happens. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, it, it's Arizona played really well today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a fun game to watch at Arizona Stadium and I uh, have gotten some feedback from some fans who think it was one of the better, more enjoyable games that they've watched at Arizona Stadium in quite some time. Uh, right. So that's that's nice. You feel good about them being better. But take into account last week. We, I think, are yeah they First, they snapped right. they snapped a twenty game losing streak last week, and they got the W. And the W is huge, and you deserve all the celebration. And maybe. Just maybe a lot of confidence came from that, and they showed the confidence that took place today. But that game was wretched. Right. They were that that game was inept. It was a 10 3 <laughs> really final. Was. So it really was. you're going to Pullman next week. You're going on the road. Arizona's gotten trunchled at Colorado. And there, there, there are a few games on that schedule. Look at, ooh, those road games aren't so good. Uh, and, and and now they've got a couple of them. Pullman's not an easy place to play. And Washington State, for all of its issues, has been okay. And ASU in Tempe, it's very possible that like the Utah game today, maybe Arizona State takes that one likely. If they do, Arizona can be in that game. And the longer that Arizona is in it, the more chance that they have to pull off an upset. So are they both possible? Yeah, but I think they're both uphill climbs as well. All right. What do you think about better talent? What do you think about Yavapai Duke's question? He says with 50,000 plus today, would that have made a difference? Uh, Hopefully we'll find out in a few years when Arizona's better and draws 50 K. Yes. So that um, everybody out there really appreciate you hopping on. All the uh, contributions are great. Uh, this will be up in podcast uh, download form here shortly. Schuster, um, again, to kind of wrap things up, I think I'm more than okay with what I saw from uh, the Arizona Wildcats out there today. And one of the things about this Arizona team is even though they've lost a lot of games, what we had hoped later in the season is that they were going to show improvement as we worked our way into the years to come. Uh, and this is one of those games where you look at that you say there was clear improvement for Arizona. So hopefully the last third of the season, which now comes down to two games, is an improvement over the middle third and the first third. 
And if that's the case, then you feel good in the offseason that you can make some steps and get this thing going in the right direction. All right. For John Schuster, I am Mike Luke. Really appreciate you all listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. We'll be back with you on Monday. Thank you.